Hello, coming to you from the great southwest state of Utah. The 45th state, fun fact, to join the United States. 45th state to achieve statehood. My name is Tuesday. I'm connecting to you all through the World Wide Web. So we may join together and speak of things that we find entertaining. And what a beautiful outlet that is. I am your host, and this is Conversations at Midnight. Today's episode is going to be a very special one. I hit a uh, special milestone, and I thought I'd, uh, I thought maybe I'll take a small smidgen of a break from the, uh, from the drastic, the weird, the unusual, as I say, the weird and the unusual, which is ironic enough because uh, my guest, the person that I have on the show, he himself is, and I mean this in a in a compliment like no other, he himself is weird and unusual in the most beautiful way. <clears throat> this man, this individual, I have known for quite some time. He is a man who knows the location of the Holy Grail. He has found... Hints and clues throughout the world that make him a genius. He was adopted by Satan himself before he was returned out of fear of his awkwardness. But he's impossible to marry off due to his lethal dimensions. His mother, terrified, she abandoned him. And here he is in my podcast sitting on the other end of this conversation like some brand new species. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to my good friend, Wednesday. Wednesday, how the heck are you? Good, I've never had such a uh, grandiose <laughs> introduction before. That's some big shoes to fill. <laughs> They're going to be let down when they see the truth. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, no. I, I, thought, I thought I'd give a silly introduction for, um, for this silly little episode. Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole waiting process and whatnot. But just so everyone knows in the show, I'm going to be lighting a candle. I thought since, you know, us men, men, we're going to do uh, whiskey. And, I'm going to do whiskey and tobacco. Uh, and I was joking when I try to sound manly because I am anything but manly. Um, Wednesday is what women would consider a hunk. And so I uh, am only trying to be as close to him as possible in manliness. So all I have is a, an aroma from Scents and Spirits, Whiskey and Tobacco. But no, um, 
Yeah, so this is a unorthodox episode. We're just gonna, um, just chatting. That's all we're gonna do. We're not gonna, I mean, if we end up talking about creepy, which we usually do, that's kind of, that's almost pretty much every conversation we have. The creepy and the weird get brought up in some way, huh? Yeah, pretty not much. Not sure why that is. Yeah. We're weird people. And I can recognize that 100%. At least I am. I can't speak for you. Even though I gave you that introduction about being adopted by Satan, um, yeah. which is a joke, obviously. Please, no one take that serious. And it's sad that I have to say that it's a joke. Because it, it should just be you know assumed. But in this day and age, I have to be crystal clear. It was a joke. His mother loves him very much. And I, um, that's an understatement. I think Wednesday can agree. So, <clears throat> she will murder for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, yeah, she, she definitely would. She definitely <laughs> would. Uh, but she is a firecracker, a true southern woman. Uh, and she has an accent as smooth as molasses. I mean, it's just pouring out of her mouth. Um, she is a, she's, she's an adorable woman. Uh, who I respect very much. So, I uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure how I'm gonna just kick this off, because usually you know I kind of like dive right into a conversation or anything like that. But um, in this case for you, I've been thinking about it, and um, I uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to start it. Um, how's the, <laughs> how's the weather in Missouri? It's hot. It's pretty hot. It has it really? Yeah. It's hot and it's cold. And I think, uh, we're supposed to get some thunderstorms this week. So looking, I, I actually like thunderstorms, so it doesn't bother me. Driving I in love it, them. Kinda, yeah. Driving in it. You know, on the highway, sometimes it can get a little much, but I just got fresh new uh, windshield wipers, so I no longer have to do the Lord's Prayer every time I step into the car, hoping that uh, I can see, because uh, now I see great, so. so. Yeah, mine mine aren't entirely, I say mine, but, you know, I'm borrowing a car right now, since my bus is uh, off limits, if you will. Um, you know, it took the, the kaputs, but I've been borrowing a car and the windshield wipers there, they aren't that new, but they do that atrocious, um, where it kind of rubs up against the glass and I hate that sound entirely. It sends a chill down my spine. Yeah, mine was smearing the, uh, the rainwater. Okay. It almost made it worse. Like sometimes I wouldn't even turn them on. I would just kind of, sometimes it was almost better to just see through the droplets then kind of have it smear all over the windshield it was pretty bad hmm sounds horrible but now i've only been to missouri twice was it twice that i was with you yeah mm -hmm. i think two times exactly just just twice from what i saw i mean it it, it, it it didn't really rain a lot there. So is this is this rare or is this? Mm, no. Oh, that's not true. You know what? I remember I got woken up at like three in the morning to a storm. 
and I loved it. That yeah. was sensational. Yeah, it's pretty common. We 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 get storms a lot. Uh, kind of past midnight, a little bit into the early morning, and then it kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, Missouri's one of those states where you wear a jacket in the morning and shorts in the afternoon, and you know have to go naked to bed otherwise you'll sweat so much trying to toss and turn so it's just kind of one of those states where it's it's, it's so hard to predict the weather you just you kind of can't you just your best bet is to stick your head out the window and go from there you know right right i um no i so as you know i grew up in florida and the weather there is essentially um it's um it's hell on earth for five minutes and then it's instant sunshine <laughs> i i don't know why that's just how it is it's it, it's it's a meme if you uh you know if, if you hop online you just see memes like that where it's like at certain part of the day it, it it's just destruction and gray and you know it's like a hurricane is happening and then three minutes later it's pure sunshine and the cubans are out playing dominoes <laughs> slamming the table you know screaming in spanish at each other and um yeah no it, it, it wasn't until i didn't realize that i was spoiled to something as beautiful as rain until i moved out here to utah it's almost non-existent here very very rare for it to even uh drizzle so i didn't realize how spoiled i was until <laughs> until coming here and i took it for granted you know and i'm and i'm not trying to get sappy but i'm just i guess i just wanted to say you know i think that's the thing i've been learning lately is that you know you should probably enjoy what you have around you you know but because i i'm really i'm really kicking myself in the butt now there's actually a lot of things that i sit here now and i go what the heck have i done like why didn't i enjoy that more you know uh the one thing i don't miss is the humidity I'm I'm very much okay with without living with you know without having that. Um, although the dryness has just destroyed my skin to no to no ends of the earth. So I think I've developed psoriasis, and I'm not even joking. So that's not fun. But enough of that boring stuff because you know I had no I had no idea how to start it. But I am. Um, I wanted I I've I've been dying uh I've been dying to ask you this. I'm really I'm really curious. And I, I know it's recently become the um the norm and I can't help myself. Have you been have you been keeping up with this Johnny Depp thing? Yeah. Mhm. I mean it, it's kind of hard not to even if you're not interested in it. It's it's everywhere. Right. I feel like everyone and their mothers talking about it. So, you know, I had to, you know, I had to stick my nose in it and couldn't yeah. help myself. <laughs> what did, what is your take on that? Cuz personally, I th- I, th- I think that she's a psychopath. Oh, yeah. I mean, my heart goes out to Johnny. I have it's... no idea. I know that was blunt and I don't mean to interrupt you. I I just I know it was blunt, but I have no idea how else to say it. I mean, she pooped in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and let's before anyone goes yeah well she no 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 
it's not the i it, it's not that she just pooped in the bed you have to take into consideration the process of doing that that means she sat there and thought about it which and if she didn't if she was like i have to go to the bathroom walked past his doorway and went wait a minute psychopath or that means she sat there and she thought about it waited till bowel movement was occurring and she she popped a squat standing on a bed imagine that she popped a squat standing on the bed that is um that's what people in the hip-hop world call the psycho tip i'm learning slang but yeah She's crazy. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's why I'm so blunt with saying that that woman's a little psycho. Yeah, is that pooping on your partner's bed doesn't look good for your resume, I'll tell you that much. Um and uh just the whole case was wild. Uh her you know, her uh her defenders or her lawyers, she had um I felt for him so bad because they were trying, you know, uh, they made a lot of mistakes, but it, how do you defend her, you know, uh, with her lack of evidence and everything kind of going against you? Uh, I feel I feel really bad for her, her lawyers because not only did she go down, but I feel like there's a good chance she kind of ruined their careers too because it was all televised and everything. Dude, her lawyers are getting destroyed. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed all over mm -hmm. the internet. Yeah. And now, now I feel like no one's taking them seriously, you know? No. Like, um, her, uh, her main, I, I, I don't know if it's the main one or not, but the, um, I think her name is Elaine or something like that. Um, she's the, she's, she's the, she's the female lawyer with the, uh, Bob haircut, you know, like the short haircut. Yeah. Um, I, I think I saw like a like a clip of her on like this talk show. I'm not sure. I've never seen it before. I don't know what it is. But it looks like a talk show. And they uh they started asking her questions and stuff. And just hearing her talk now, she doesn't have that confidence anymore. You know? And it's almost like but I can't tell if that's me observing that or if that's just because I can't take her seriously. And if I can't do it, I know I'm not the only one. And just reading the comments yeah, also comments reinforces. I mean, it's yeah. brutal. Yeah, brutal. That comment section is, you know, it's it's always going to be what it is. Um, people saying the most horrendous things out of the comfort of their keyboard, and I'm going to mispronounce this word, anonymity. I can't say it, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't say it for the life of me either. I can't either. Now, you know, also, to be fair, her judges were jerks. They were, you know, they, they could be rude and snarky here and there. Um, so I'm not 100% feeling sorry for them. They're, you know. Um, but, I mean, you just have to, I mean... I commend them, I guess, for just giving it their all to try to, you know, they really fought a losing battle. Um, however, um, I am happy for Johnny Depp, and I can't imagine 
I can't, what has it been, six years, uh, six years ago he was uh, charged with abuse, I think it was. So he's, he's been oh, living yeah, like I this think so. for, yeah. for six years, and uh, I can't imagine six years of your entire public image going down for something you didn't do. Um, I don't know how I would handle that. I'm I'm sensitive enough as it is what people think about me, you know, and I mean, God, just put yourself in his shoes. Um, you marry a crazy woman who is determined to ruin your life, and she did a pretty good job at it. And for six years, you, I mean, you lose everything. He, he lost his lead role as uh, Captain Jack. Uh, he was let go of Harry Potter, I think. Um all for 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 nothing i think i think i think everything was almost instant yeah i i think i think it was almost instant they pulled the trigger on him fast it was and yeah and obviously you know i'm not gonna get it too much into it (laughs) because that's some you know that's a touchy subject but i don't agree with that you know i don't i don't agree you know i i i don't know what happened to uh innocent till proven guilty you know, I think my thing now that he has won. I think that he deserves an apology. I really do, in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not talking about like, not like uh, how I guess in that industry. I feel like they always do those weird, awkward family apologies where they don't really say sorry. They kind of walk up to you after the huge blowout and they go, "So, um, did you see the Celtics game?" You know, like, I feel like the industry does its own way of doing that. And I don't want them to do that to him. You know, I feel like they should just man up publicly. And I and, and I think it has to be public, in my opinion, because they took everything away from him publicly. You know, so to me, I think it's only fair that they, you know, swallow their pride publicly and say sorry publicly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that you said as well was, you know, you said that you don't know how you would have handled that. I, I, dude, I think, I think I have too much pride. Like if that was me, I would never go back. Even like, no, let me just be clear. I would, I would clear my name just as he's doing. But you see, you know, like he won right there. I'm done. Oh, dude, Tuesday, man, you should, you should hop back on, uh, you know, Spotify and do, you know, and do a, a a live show or no, like I'm gone, like I'm done, you know, because, and that, you know, and that's probably, I'm sure it is a flaw of mine, but you know, it just, it would just hurt so bad every time I would go back behind the microphone, like how I am now trying to do it all over again knowing that they threw me away in seconds in seconds i was i was nothing you know and that's and to me that must that must have a special sting to that you know especially him in disney what wasn't i think the first movie was what 2002 2003 that's that's nearly 20 years. 
as of right now of the recording it's 2022 it's nearly 20 years and they kicked and booted him uh, um uh, apparently in the i read somewhere i and, and i don't even remember I think it was on YouTube or something. Like I read like some description or something. But apparently some sort of uh, ex-executive uh, that used to work in like uh, the Disney movies and stuff or something like that said uh, that he'll be back. Like, you know, he's not going to keep his word saying that he'll stay away. Apparently, you know, they said that he's going to come back and play. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I almost believe him when Johnny Depp said that. Um, but he's done, you know, cause that's years of, of relationship being built and it's destroyed in seconds, seconds. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a weirdo, but to me, you know, I, you know, I'm prideful to a fault, you know, and I've told you that many times in the past, you know, um, and, and I, and I just can't, you know. Or I'm sorry, I'm faithful to 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 a fault. I'm very loyal, you know. So when I see like something something that you should be loyal towards, and it's misused or it's you know not being respected as it should be, it really bothers me. I mean, it really gets my goat really bad, you know. So I I, I just I don't know. I, I yeah, that's the thing that really bothers me. But I'm glad he won. Obviously for his reputation, but also because um, I'm glad to see that the public eye is beginning to acknowledge that women can be abusive. Yeah, you know, uh... they really can. I, I've I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it. But I mean, I'm just really happy for him. You know, I really am, and I'm really glad that this is becoming a thing. You know, that it's not just men who are monsters. You know, because now it's being, I hope I don't cause any anger because I don't mean it in the way it's going to come out. But I feel like, I feel like it's hard to be, you know, to be a man now, you know, you have to really watch what you do every second of the way. Like there's moments where I dread getting on the podcast because I'm like, am I going to say something stupid? Like right now, (laughs) right now I'm going, am I, is this, is this a bad call? You know, it's scary. It's scary. I think um, I think uh, this case uh, really pinpointed that um, it's not gender that makes you a horrible person. It's uh, it's being human, um, and as long as you're human, um, then you're a candidate for being abused and being an abuser. It's just exactly it's exactly. I um I I grew up as you know. I grew up in like poor areas, you know, in South Florida. Um, I did. I I didn't have a lot of wealth to my name, and I would see, you know, especially when I was growing up to like the teenage years, where you know, hormones are going, and you want to start going on dates, and you know, and all that. And I would I would have friends who 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 would get, and and I'm saying full on punched in the face by by these teenage girls you know and they couldn't do anything about it 
you know, they would end up having to punch a wall or something, you know, because they have so much anger. But they're getting punched like men, you know, like these these girls didn't play. You know, it's like a different breed out here. And they would fight them, kick them, you know. And it's just, to me, and as you know, because I really like to do this a lot, I love to swap roles all the time. You know, I always like to create the scenario where you swap the role. And they did that in Johnny Depp's trial. I think uh, I think his lawyer... Uh, the one that everybody loves, the um, the female, um, Camille. I forgot her name. But she she straight up said it, you know. She uh, she played an audio piece. They talked, uh, and, you know, and it was, you know, heard just, I mean, trashing on Johnny Depp. And uh, one of the lines, which I, I'm sure that you know, because, it, you know, it's really popular all over the internet. Where she tells him, um, uh, I hit you, but I didn't punch you. You know, uh, that that little bit. And so the lawyer, uh, so, she, so she replays that recording. And then she tells the jury, she goes, I'm very curious to know. Um, it was something along the lines of like, you know, I'm curious to know that if the roles were, were swapped, if he was to say that to you, would would we even be in court right now? Or would we have been in court for this long? Something like that to that extent. And um and no, I, I you know, I feel like from what I've seen growing up, because I I've always felt that way. You know, I've always felt that way that, you know, um like I, I've seen there is this guy, there is this guy, I, I lived in a place called Hialeah. And I used to live near the Hylia racetrack. I've actually talked about it before on the podcast. Um, and I and I spoke about it with you uh, a long time ago in the past. But it was around 2012, 2011, I think, was when I was living there. Uh, uh, we lived in these little tiny apartments if that's what you want to call them they're essentially like efficiencies just compiled together and um anyway across the apartment from me if you will there was this hispanic gentleman um i never he never told me his real name uh but I, you know i would see him around a lot he was late 20s early 30s completely completely covered in tattoos uh, that's obviously a an, an exaggeration but i mean his face was tattooed neck arms all of it uh i think he told me anywhere that there was a uh, skin any part of the body he he had a tattoo on um but he told me his name was choopy and he had a girlfriend that was living with him she was half hispanic and um half apache indian she was a uh, firecracker of a woman she loved me you know because i was like this tiny little little i guess like a preteen and she would just you know love to say hi to me and mess with me and all that and one day <laughs> choopy's outside he's 
he's outside and he's smoking a cigarette and I don't I don't know what <laughs> sounds bad to say. I don't know whatever happened to my parents, but I, I used to skateboard on school nights at like two in the morning. And so I go outside, it's like midnight, I have my skateboard in my hand, and I see Choopy smoking a cigarette. And I say, Hey Choopy, what's up? Hey little man. And you know, he looks at me and this guy has a full blown black eye. I'm talking, dude, imagine a thug of a man, like a cholo, you know, like a Holmes, you know, and like, you know, and he's, he's armed to the teeth with weapons, you know what I'm saying? This man looks at me and he has a black eye, full on shiner. Like, I'm like, it looked like he had pink eye, you know, where like it starts to swell like a sty. I'm sorry, not, not, not pink eye, but like a sty. You know, and your eyes swollen and all that. It was like that, but it was just full-blown black eye. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, oh, you know. And I couldn't hide my facial expressions well as a kid. I couldn't. But he um, he looked at me and he noticed that, you know, I made that expression. And he goes, you're wondering about my eye? And I was like, a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. And he... You know, he said that, uh, you know, he was having some issues with his with his girl and she decked him right, right in the face, right in the face. His mom came over uh, like a week later. And I don't know if anyone knows this, black eyes last depending on how, how hard you get hit. They can last a while. So it was like four or five days later. It was almost an entire week later and he still had it. It wasn't as swollen, but he still had it like the like um like the purple hue you know that blackish purple morphed into like some dark blue green yellow color and he uh and his mom saw and she was like oh my goodness what happened you know and she's saying all this in spanish this is back when i knew a decent amount of spanish and uh he lied to her he told her he's like no no i i you know i i got into it with someone over here on 79th street or something i don't know he made up some lie and you know his mom's like you gotta be careful out there you know you you could get yourself killed and i just sat there and thought this is you know i have no idea how else to say but this is a domestic uh abuse victim he really was you know now he said he didn't hit her back whether i know that or not i'm sure i don't know but the but let's say that he wasn't for the benefit of the of the argument let's say that he that he never touched her dude she would full on swing on this guy and you could see the damage you know and then and this guy was thugged out you know this guy was thugged out and he would just get wailed on you know but i mean between you and me i'm i'm sure i'm sure he hit her back that whole relationship was toxic but Anyway, I'm just saying I'm I'm glad that this is becoming more of a conversation because in in those times, even though that I saw this guy with a shiner, and I guess this is the point that I'm trying to say, even though I saw this 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 thug of a man with his eye swollen like no one's business, I just I just accepted. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna say anything. And that's where I'm, you know, granted, I was young. I was a kid. But still, it's like, 
I knew if I saw that damage on a woman, I would have said something to like an authority, but I didn't to him. I didn't, you know, I didn't say a word. I didn't say anything to anybody. It was just me and the neighborhood kid that saw it. And we thought, oh my gosh, you know, and we, and we walked away, you know, we didn't think much of it. We didn't say anything of it, you know? So I'm glad that this is becoming more of a conversation. I'm glad that maybe now the question won't be, what did your boyfriend do? You know, and now it'll be like, did your girlfriend do anything? Did your wife do anything? To you? you know, I don't, I don't think it makes you less of a man, um, to admit that you're a, a victim of abuse, you know? No, definitely not. I think, uh, actually, I think, I don't know, I think we as people ourselves need to just kind of start admitting when we fall flat, whether we're being abused by somebody or abused by life, you know, it's, um, you know, you always hear man up or take it in and I'm, I'm a, you know, guilty of it too, of just holding everything in, but, um, I think just being honest and just telling people what's going on, whether you're a guy getting hit by a girl or, you know, a girl getting hit by a guy or life's beating you down or whatever is beating you down, you know, it's just, I think this whole attitude of tough guys keep it all locked in, uh, I think that needs to go because it's just not healthy and it warps the brain and it just... And I'm learning that myself as I go on that, you know, hey, you have friends. It's okay to tell them sometimes that you have issues. Um, is, that, uh, is that something that you've struggled with? Like not being able to talk about your things? Like, or like your, like the issues that, that you have? You know, like the things that yeah, are on your I chest? I tell no one. I, I really, I mean, I tell you, um, of course. Um, I tell you a lot of things, but... You know? It still shocks me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, I have to trust. Not, you. not. I, I don't mean that in like a mean way. I'm just saying, no. like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know I meant that much. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't oh, know. Yeah, no. um, yeah, you mean a lot to me, man. And um, I know a lot of the things that I go through, you go through. I know. Um, you know, we always say our lives go in parallels it seems um so it really I, feels like it so it helps it me really open does. up it but otherwise i don't you know my roommate that i live with um he's he's a great guy you know him obviously you've met him. right he's, sure he listens to the podcast actually yeah i don't know if it's every time but from time to time he does yeah um him and i get along great we've we don't fight we don't do anything um but, um, you know, I don't tell him anything that's going on in my life. Um, and it's not because I don't think he wouldn't care. Uh, I think right now if I was to sit down and say, like, look, man, this is what's going on, I think he would listen. But, you know, it's just kind of that headspace of, like, ah, you know, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to be a mood killer, you know. I don't want to make things, like, I don't want him to you know, stuff like that. Um, and he probably, you know, I'm sure there's days too where maybe he feels the same, you know, everybody's suffering. So I, I don't know if that was kind of a, a detour to what we were talking about, but just, you know, you talking about that guy who was tatted up and, and, you know, he didn't tell his mom what, what had happened and everything. Um, 
you know, I think part of that kind of went from embarrassment of, you know, I'm a guy, man, I'm getting, you know, beat up like this. I, I can't tell anybody that it affects me. Um, and we, we really, all of us, you know, we really need to just kind of trust fall, I guess, more in life because there are more people willing to catch you when you fall than I think you realize. At least that's how it's been for me. I've, I've been very surprised by um, just how many people um, do care, even though it can really feel like they don't. So, Yeah, I, I think I'm starting to... Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to get sappy or anything, but I think I'm starting to notice that too, you know, that, you know, because, um, you know, there's certain people in my life that, you know, that... I end up speaking to and you know I make like a dumb joke from time to time and <laughs> sometimes uh and this particular person that you know she would she would look at me and go why why do you say that you know and 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 it's seriously genuinely in my mind I just think oh I don't, I don't know I I didn't think you cared you know and I guess, you know, I, I guess it goes along with me saying that even five minutes ago that, you know, sometimes it shocks me that I'm the only one that you tell, you know, and I'm not saying it like, woe is me that, you know, no one loves me. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I guess I'm not used to being in that position of, you know, oh, hey, dude, like you're the, you know, you're the, you're one of the very few people that I go to. And mainly because in my mind, I think, why would you, like, why would you come to me? You know, like, I'm a mess, <laughs> you know, I'm a mess, man. Like, but anyway, yeah, uh, that is, that is something that I, and you, you've heard me say it before, but I guess that goes along with what I coin as the burden of friendship, you know, uh, that's the unfortunate thing is it, it, I say unfortunate, it's actually a good thing to have friends, you know, but, you know, uh, the burden is, is that you're going to have to accept the moments when they need someone to talk to or you know they go and confide something in you you know and i have to get that into my head so i am but no i never knew i never knew that you struggled with speaking about certain things in your life like that i i didn't even observe that about you i don't know i don't tell i mean even when you know not to get too personal, but even when I was in, like, group therapy, it took three or four days for me to finally even even talk, um, which which is normal, you know? They even told really? me. Really? Yeah. I, so, I, like, so you sat in that room like the elf on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> essentially. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah. I was some depressed elf. Um, but, uh but there was still benefit in that. Um, I don't think you always, um, you know, need to speak all the time. Um, sometimes, you know, I was, a, so it was a group therapy thing. So I was around a lot of people that were in my exact headspace. So, um, right. Hearing them. So talk, it, so it's more of like, um, it's more of like a group of people who are going through the same thing, or is it more like mixed? Where like some are there for you, you know, was, alcohol abuse. Or... Yeah, it was very mixed. Uh, there was a guy in there who was coming off of heroin addiction. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, and he was my age uh, or our age. You know, um, he's a young kid. 
he had a tattoo on his face um just just one um and um he and you know he was talking uh he was struggling a lot because all his friends uh were into heroin he didn't have anybody like outside of that life right um so it was very hard for him because um you know it's one thing to f- to fight an addiction but it's another thing when like your literal social life evolves only around it you know he had no escape besides like the therapy and everything and then there was another girl in there um she um you know on paper she shouldn't have been in there um you know she had a family who loved her she didn't really get bullied but just internally she was her own demon um and she resonated just the you know just the heroin guy and her you know their stories are completely different but they understood each other perfectly and i understood them perfectly it was that headspace and there was another girl in there who was a 911 dispatcher um, wow yeah um and she that explains why she's depressed you know uh it's actually funny she said her job never got to her um she's she said she was almost not heartless, but she was able to uh, separate herself from her job. Like um, she almost became a, a just just a robot on the other end until until her son committed suicide. And then oh, when her son goodness. committed suicide, it got way too hard to start taking the calls. And whenever you know something bad would happen, she would break down. Um, and I, you know, I remember in the in the therapy session, she kept going on. She goes, "I used to be so good at detail, you know." She goes, "You could, you could mumble off uh, your street address to me in horrible quality, and I would be able to just pick it up like that in a snap and have no issues." She goes, "Now you can, you can tell it to me straight to my face. Hey, we're going to so and so." And she goes, "And I'll nod my head and I'll walk out that door, and I completely forgot where you told us to meet up." Oh man. So yeah. she's so she was genuinely checking out. She she was she was rough. Um That's but, like an absence of a consciousness, you know? Yeah. She's it, breathing. Her she's, brain's going, but not really. She's she was you know, we were all like that though. Uh, we were all just breathing husks and right. I th- and I think, you know Zombies. Zombies. Yeah. You know? But the beautiful thing, if, you know, you have to be a optimist, and I guess my point of saying all this is, um, you know, we, we all came from different backgrounds, but we were all in the same room, and we could all relate to each other. And kind of going back, you know, you said, like, I don't know why you come to me because, you know, I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of think about it in this, like, met- metaphor. Let's say, like, in real life, you're an absolute mess. And, like, I'm talking your room's dirty and everything. And then your friend um, invites himself over. And that friend is a complete mess, too. You've been in his house, and he's just as much as filthy as you are. You're more comfortable because you're like, I don't need to... 
I don't need to put on a facade for this guy. We're both filthy, so we're just gonna, you know, we just clean together. I don't have to put anything, but, you know, then let's say you invite a friend over who's a clean freak. You know, you're going to be more self-conscious and you're going to try to, you know, tidy up and everything. Um, and, you know, that metaphor was horrible. What I'm trying to say is, you know, I, being a mess and walking into somebody else's mess is much more comfortable than being a mess and walking into somebody's pristine house in a way. Because, you know, it might be a mess, but you're used to it. And it's in right. a way kind of feels like home. You know, I don't trust people. That Okay, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't trust people with my thoughts and my feelings if they are in a clean head how do I put this I'm trying to say that if they don't know if they've never suffered with a mental problem depression or anything I just don't maybe trust isn't the right word I don't quite want to say burden but I don't feel comfortable sharing my thoughts with them because because they wouldn't get it because yeah because because they wouldn't get it and they would try to help if they're you know if I'm sure they would but it's not the same when you talk to somebody who gets it you know right every good right. therapist is messed up <laughs> Um, no, exactly. Every good therapist. Yeah, every good the therapist has been through stuff in their life, and they and they get right. it. You know, I my therapist in there, the group therapist. She was a mess too. She kept it very professional. She never talked about her life, even when we tried to, you know, let her. You know, she's very professional. She goes, no, y'all aren't to worry about me but you could tell you could tell she was you know she was going through stuff herself but that helped her relate to us like on a deeper level right um, i think i think i told you this uh before if not i'm or if i did i'm sorry for repeating it but as you know i worked at a um at a treatment facility a center if you will i you know i actually well uh, we walked the grounds there hunting ghosts <laughs> trying to find something um but there was there was there was one time in particular and this and this still bothers me to this day just a little spoiler alert but i am um, or i guess a little disclaimer but i there is this one kid in particular obviously i can't say the i can't say, say their names excuse me uh, you know, because of laws and HIPAA and all that. But uh, for the sake of it, I guess we'll just call him James. James, uh, he was a kid there. We started talking. Um, and I looked at him and I, you know, he looked really bummed out and sad. And uh, the I worked the night shift, like the graveyards. So you would show up 10, 10.45 at night. And as you're sitting there starting your shift, the swing shift, the afternoon shift uh, from noon till 10 or whenever, they would still be there, you know, and you can hear them talking within the office and stuff. Excuse me. And um, I was I started talking to uh, what did I say? The fake name? James. And I'm talking to James, and um, he looked really bummed out. And I said, "Hey, are you okay?" 
This is before I was the supervisor. And, and, you know, I just said, hey, are you okay? And he said, yeah, he's fine. And someone from the afternoon shift, this young girl, young girl, who, and I hate to sound judgy, you know, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but you could tell that she was one of those girls who grew up in a very nice neighborhood. She didn't really know much of the outside world than what she saw on the internet, you know. And... um she started talking to him because I guess that was more of her realm of expertise. They had real, I mean, really weird rules at this place. And I can't even say that because I'm scared of any litigation. But this kid, and like most of them did, they would suffer from withdrawal, you know. Uh, they had addictions to uh, pretty much anything that has ever been created. And this kid in particular was going through withdrawal. Uh, he apparently was an alcoholic already by the age of 14. And he starts talking to this um, young lady who worked there. And he was expressing himself on how hard it is to be addicted to something. And that, you know, he was really uh, wanting it. You know, he was jonesing for it, you know. And he and he was bad. Like he looked like he was he was at the point of sweats and shakes, you know, like that's that's how I observed him. And she looked at him. This is no joke to you. I'm not even joking about this. She looked at him square in his eyes. And she goes, well, you know, um, my you know, my my best piece of advice is to just not worry about it. And I, st <laughs> I stared at this girl. I don't want to say with the disgusted look. It wasn't disgusted. But I stared at her like <laughs> sarcastically. I don't know if that's a proper stare. You know, if that's a great way of explaining a stare. But I just looked at her. And what I was trying to get my face to say was like as if it was that easy. You know? Like, oh, yeah, hey, where would the world be if everything worked like that, you know? And and anyway, I guess I'm saying that because, you know, I guess that's what, you know, that's how I think. I guess that's what you were trying to say, you know, is, is people like that, you know? He had nobody, at least not through her. He didn't, she wasn't the person to relate because she couldn't. And that was her best piece of advice. Well, you know, maybe just like, you know, try not to worry about it. What? What, is that, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, then that's how you know she, you know, she has, she has no idea about it, you know. And if, let's say that she secretly was this like drug addict, then she's the worst when it comes to advice. But I highly doubt it, you know. Anyway, I yeah, I guess I'm saying that because you know that reminded me of that of 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 that moment that I had at work or at my last job, my old job, you know. But and of course I saw it firsthand because you're absolutely right. Um people like talking to people who've experienced it, you know. They've seen it all, you know. Yeah. 
Um, I know, uh, you know my father. Um, he great, great guy. Yeah, great guy. yeah. Couldn't have asked for a better father. But you know, he he's gone through a lot of stuff in his life, and somehow has he's you know he's never been depressed. He's just one of those people. He's just naturally a half glass full kind of guy. It he, he doesn't get broken. Um, life beats him down, but he just gets back up and everything and you know unless get... unless he has the day off <laughs> <laughs> yeah if he has a day off he he acts like i act like when i have to go into work um, <laughs> but um, i don't want to relax yeah i know he's i did not inherit that i'll tell you that much but i remember one time we were on a road trip to chicago uh, we were going to go visit uh, the Danish embassy because um, I'm trying to renew uh, for dual citizenship and blah, blah, blah. And he was talking to me and he was he was saying, he goes, you know, I really, really wish I could help you more. And I kind of looked at my dad and I said, you know, I don't, what do you mean? He goes, it's terrifying. He goes... Because I've never gone through depression, um, and there's nothing worse than feeling so helpless because I can't relate to you, and I don't know how to help you. Mm. Um, wow. And, um, you know, he got real, you know, he was saying, he was saying, you know, as a father, he, he you know, he told me, you know, as my dad, he could solve every problem for me, but the mental one. That's that was the one thing he just he was helpless with and uh but I feel like that was great advice. I mean like to go onto your it wasn't advice, but you know, to go on to, to to the girl you were talking about where you know, she kinda just said, Don't worry about it, you know. In a way it's almost more commendable, you know. I know I'm biased towards my father, but at least he looked at me and said, like, look, I've never been there. I don't know how to help. Right. You know, and that showed me that he cares. It showed me that he's aware of it. He's not oblivious to it. Um But he's telling me like, Hey, I care and I'll listen, but I can't you know, if you're looking for me for advice I'm not the guy. Um, and that, I think that's kind of a good attitude to go from that. If you've never, if you're but lucky. That's um, so respectful though. Like that is yeah. so, um, um, and I don't mean, uh, to interrupt you or anything. I'm just that, um, that's beautiful because you know, that's, that's a, essentially that is a father admitting Hey, there's not much I, you know, that, that's really rare to say, you know, that's really rare. And the fact that he did that for you is insanely beautiful, you know, and that, that there's no pride in that. And not in the, not in like the negative way. Like, have you no pride? No, no, no. I mean like the bad kind of pride, you know, like he's not prideful, you know, to the point where he's like, no. I can handle it. I'm fine. You know, I can, I can help my son, you know, your, your, uh, mental health 
was far more important than his pride to go, no, I can handle my son. You know, that's beautiful. That that's that's a father. That's amazing. And if I could be like that, I would love it. So sorry, I just I, I just wanted to toss that in because that's that's nothing small. You know, no, that's it, not. It, it that's really, tall cotton. You yeah, know? he has moments. <laughs> he has moments where he impresses me. Um, and that was good. And I guess my message to any viewers listening, if you've not suffered depression, um, which you're a superhero, let me just say that. Um, there is um, kind of side tangent. I feel like depression has almost become a fad nowadays. Like a, everyone goes around saying they have it because it's kind of appealing. At least you know. I feel like I I feel like they're not really depressed people. Those who do that. No, I feel like a lot of them are sad, and sadness is a valid emotion. But I do. Right. Exactly. But you know, depression isn't sexy. Depression is rotten teeth, unmanaged weight, um, horrible hygiene. Uh, depression is soaking in in misery. You know, yearning for the spotlight, but loathing the attention. You know, mm-hmm. it's self-destructive. Um, so very well said. So, um, if you haven't gone through depression, um, please don't think. I'm not relatable no more. Um, you're a superhero in my eyes and commendable. I mean, I think that's a wonderful trait that, you know, again, my father, he has not had an easy life. Um, life has uh, has tried its best to break that man. And uh, it he just, he just deals with the problem, goes with it. Um, but that, you know, for him to just sit there and go, like, I can't help you. I hear you, but I can't help you because I just can't, you know, do that. If you have a friend who's going through that and you haven't gone through that, I really think they would, I really think that would mean so much to them if you would just tell them, like, I I can't relate to you, but I hear you. I, you don't have to get, and some people, when they talk to you, they don't necessarily, I have, I have a good friend. Um, I love her to death. Um, she calls me up, uh, when she can, and we talk about our problems and sometimes I don't really give her advice. Sometimes I just listen and, um, that's Mm -hmm. okay too. Sometimes people really need something other than the wall to talk to. (laughs) Um, Right. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody wants a therapist. No. Not everybody wants an expert in the field. And that's a very common reaction. Is yeah. for people like you know if you were to sit there and go, man, dude, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I guess I'm just a little down. Suddenly, everyone is a psychologist. Yeah. Everyone. Oh well, you see, that's probably because you know you're not happy within your own space. Duh. <laughs> you know. It, it, it. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, that's. I feel like that's something that people miss yeah. is the idea of not everybody wants a therapist. No. Sometimes people just want you to sit there and be the elf on the shelf. You know, just sit there, look at me with a creepy smile, and just let me get it off my chest. Yeah, be be a poster on the wall that they might stare at and talk to their idol. Right. You know, but you don't always have to. uh, I I I had a coworker. um, He kind of got on my nerves a little bit um, because. um, 
one one of my coworkers was was venting to me because he was saying like, man, I really wish this job paid a better wage. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and it's really hard. And then my coworker comes up, who's told us about his life. He's not living paycheck to paycheck. He's living comfortably, which good on him. Like that's not a knock. Um, I'm happy for him. Um, but you know, he always tells us like, oh man, I, I bought this new thing. You know, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then suddenly, when my coworker was saying like, you know, I can just about buy groceries. Uh, and then he comes in and changes his story to try to be relatable to my coworker. Oh, I live paycheck to pay. I know the struggle. And it's kind of like, no, you don't, dude. You brag all the time. Not brag. That's the wrong word. But you tell us every day, uh, you know, all these cool things you're getting and and stuff like that. Um, and that, you know, upset me because it felt just disingenuous. And I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I'm on the border. Like I'm on the sweet spot to where it's not paycheck to paycheck. But if I'm not careful with my money, it could very much well be. And, you know, I just told my coworker, I said those words. I said, hey, man, I'm not paycheck to paycheck. So I really feel for you, man. Like, I really, I really get that. Um, I have money struggles, but I am lucky to not have to go through that. Just, you know, knock on wood. And that was all fine. You don't always have to be relatable. You don't always have to try to, like, make the person think that you're in their shoes. Um, just, just hear them out. So... That's what makes you such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. No, no, I'm 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 really serious, you know. I'm not trying to get chummy, but I'm really serious, you know. You're 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 um you're a really good friend to have. Like one hundred percent. I uh I am very grateful for you. I don't have it I I have no idea how else to say it. You know, you, you're just. Well, the feeling is very mutual, my friend. Yeah, but you're like the. I think I got the better end of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I think, uh, I think I lucked out more. Because, and as I tell everybody, you know, when they're about to meet you or something, I go, "He's the um." He's he's everything good about me in another form. Like I'm like the negative, he's like the positive. And usually, usually after they're done meeting you, they look at me and they go, "You were right." <laughs> they're like, "What?" Hey, that's what he, makes us ferocious. I'm the good cop, you're the bad cop. <laughs> yeah, the yin and the yang. Yeah. So, but no, I I uh <laughs> the good cop, bad cop. That's going to be <laughs> I never looked at myself as the bad cop, but no, I've I I guess I am. I you know I've been known to to say a few things in my moment of anger. Definitely, it's definitely not a moment of clarity. It's definitely not that. It becomes so foggy. I don't even know what happened. But no, but you 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 really are uh, a great friend, Thank and. You. I mean, just a genuinely good human being, you know, a a everyone that I introduce you to or every, yeah, everyone that meets you, everyone that I'm like, you should meet my friend Wednesday. He's a great guy. And then they do. They usually, <laughs> they usually have, a, this is a strong word, but they almost have an obsession with you. 
they they almost do at least you know the people that i introduce you to they uh they usually go man he's a cool guy is there any way that you know that i can see him again or um as you know one mutual friend that we had uh uh i don't i couldn't i can't even think of a of a nickname for him but you know the one who owned the black truck and all that used to come over to my house and whatnot i uh after he met you and this is real this is this is genuine after he met you i think it was like a few days later he didn't know that you like were just visiting me so you already flew back home and everything and we started and we started talking and he goes hey what happened what happened to your friend and he like he butchered your your name your real name (laughs) it's and uh (laughs) he butchered it and then i'm like (laughs) and i'm like you know he you know he doesn't live in this state right and he's like what no way i never got a chance to really meet him and it and he went on this whole thing and he's like but he was so nice he was so you know tender and you know that is so common and i don't think i tell you enough but then again i don't even know how to even tell you it feels good i said no it's news to me but i'm glad um it always feels good to leave good impression on people I think you're perfect at that. Seriously, I think you're amazing at that. And that's why I wanted you to be. Here's a little fun fact for all the for all the listeners. If you, and, and if you're still listening to this, thank you. But here's a little fun fact for all the listeners. I think I said this last time I had you on the show, which is back in November of 2021, which is weird. But uh, Wednesday was supposed to be a co-host of the show. And that still might be in the works. Spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, that still might be a thing. But that's why I wanted you to be the co-host. Was because you have such this... You're very welcome. You, you, you are the... Uh, you're the human equivalent of a warm blanket. You, you, you enjoy the warmth... You know, it's very welcoming. The idea of it isn't bad. You know, you're just enjoyable. And uh, I think, uh, I think many, and that's why I get so mad. Um, you know, and obviously we're not going to get too much into this, but that's, that's why I get so angry when like certain people that you know, don't really treat you right. Or at least uh, I shouldn't say that. They don't treat you the way that I think you should be treated. You know, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But, you know, I think that's why I get so angry. Is because, you know, I I think to myself, this guy, there's no no way that this treasure of a, you know, uh, of a human um, gets treated like that. You know, it it, it angers me a lot, you know. But I, um, but no, you... You, you know, and I'm not trying to brown nose or anything, <laughs> but no, like I'm, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. You're very, you're a very enjoyable person. You're very enjoyable. I really um, appreciate that. You're very pleasant. Um, and you're very warm, you know, I know some people, you know, when they meet like hyperactive people and who are cool to be around with they say you know it's like that guy is like the human equivalent of a golden retriever you know i don't know what animal you would be 
<laughs> but you're definitely something that you just like being around, you know? Like, you're just really enjoyable. Anyway, I'm not going to talk in circles about that. I just, you know, I just, I just wanted to make that clear because of those amazing traits that you have. You're too kind. You know? I think you hold me a little too high on a pedestal, but it's very nice of what you said. No, if anything, with, if anything, what I'm saying is watered down. <laughs> well. <laughs> you know? You're a good person too, man. I, mean, I try to be. No, I genuinely try to you're, be. You're really, yeah. really hard. You're the one I trust no. most. So. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, you that's know, news you know, to me. You know, <laughs> you know more things about my life than my parents know. So, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I keep a. I'm. I'm a very closed book. I'm a very closed book. You're one of the only people that. It's hard for me to stay closed. There's 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 something about you that I find really intriguing. And that is you're you can be very sentimental, right? Like you could be a very sentimental person. Am I wrong? Is that not accurate or No, it's uh, I'm sentimental right. to a fault. Right. You're a very sentimental person, but I made uh, and I feel like we even spoke about this. I can't remember if we did or we did not. But if not, then I then I feel like I made an observation about you. And that is, you know, you're a very sentimental person. But certain things you you genuinely completely keep away from you. That you would think, you know, would... Like, one time, years ago, you know, um, I think, like, you know, we, you know... I think I think we're having a conversation for too long, and you know you hit that weird moment where you just like start talking about really um, dark topics or odd topics where you're like, why why are we even having this conversation? Um, I think that we were talking about like if if like I if 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 I was to die, I think that was the conversation was if I was to die. And you said something, <laughs> which I didn't take offense to it. I did not take offense to it. I just I thought it was interesting. <laughs> you could see it a mile away. Huh? Yeah. But no, um, you know, like, so for those of you who don't know, uh, obviously we, um, and I have talked about video games on the podcast before, uh, but me and Wednesday, we play video games. That's what we do. Um. That's how we fell and, uh, in love. Do what? That's how we fell in love. That's <laughs> that's how. As I said before, you are my first kiss. Uh, I <laughs> no, but I. Uh, so you know we're friends on whatever platform we play on. Uh, in this case, it's Xbox, uh, but we're friends on every platform that we play on: phone, PC, uh, even on PlayStation. We're friends you know um so we were so we were having a conversation (laughs) and i think he said something along the lines of like if i was to die that you would like remove me as a friend (laughs) (laughs) like like you would remove my account i would straight up day one baby Like as soon as soon as my soul left the body (laughs) you're just like well I gotta delete this sob, <laughs> like block and I would, delete. 
Yes. Full blown. Yes, I would. Which I would I'm, delete every message. <laughs> I would stop playing the games that we're known to play. Like gone. I'd you stop. would delete every message. Probably, I might keep. The that's ones so that interesting because you're such a sentimental. It's, but see, that's what I'm saying. You're so sentimental. I, it's how but, I grieve. Like, it's kind of like. Is it is it like a form of protection? Is it too much emotion? Yeah, I know it sounds horrible. Um, it, it is horrible. But when I lose something that's very dear to me, it's almost like my brain goes, you can't have it around you, otherwise it'll hurt. So That makes sense. So you have to get rid of it, you know. It's a tiny right. example, I've told you this, but, you know, uh, my cat, when he died, uh, my mom got a little paw, like you can, you know, they can like mold his paw print and she handed it to me. I don't know where it is. I got rid of it. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with it because it made me so sad to, to hold it. It just, did you throw it away? No, I, I didn't. I'm not that far. I would never, oh, okay. I would not, it would always be somewhere that I could go back. Like I'm not, I would just throw it in the trash and it's at a landfill somewhere. <laughs> but um, that's 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 how my brain copes with loss. Is I don't know if it's cowardly. I don't know what it is, but I couldn't. Right. Everything that would be I got from you, um, or every game, um, I wouldn't be able to touch it again. Um, so what you're saying is is that you would not drink monster energy drinks anymore <laughs> no yeah at least the flat yeah i don't i couldn't anything that would have been like wow that reminds me of tuesday like i would avoid it like the plague i would avoid it like i get that's just it's how i cope I, it's i know it sounds messed it. up but it really no, does come from a I place think, of love. i think i understand really i think does. i understand yeah and I just I, I I always wanted to ask you that because it's so interesting. I always assumed it was like, you know, a way of protecting. You know, it's like your brain's defense. You know, I think it is. I think it is. I think it's just some screwed up defense mechanism to where I almost erase you out of my life. And it sounds hard. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it really like I don't forget. Um, I don't like, you know, if someone, like, if you were to, not, you know, hopefully not, but if you were to kill over tomorrow, it's not like, I would be like, Tuesday? I never had a friend named Tuesday. Like, you know, of mm -hmm, course I would, right. you know, remember you. But it's it's the things. I would avoid the things that are a symbol of our friendship, you know. That I would avoid. Um, because, it, you know... I guess I'm just emotionally vulnerable to that. I don't know what it is. Um, but hey, man, as long as you're alive and kicking, yeah, I'm sentimental to everything. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you have a pulse, I mean, it's fair game. Excellent, dude. As if you have a pulse, <laughs> there ain't a safer place for it to be. <laughs> I will hold on to it. I know, um, I know I got mad at my dad real bad because he was... I, I was looked in the trash. He was cleaning out the bait. My dad... N is the opposite of sentimentalism. I mean, does not care. And um, my dad served in the army uh, in Denmark. He was drafted. Um, 
and he became a sergeant and everything in there and you know i'm i'm proud for him of that and i think that's really cool and one time i walk into the basement and he's got a trash can filled with junk and i'm looking in and there's some junk i see like some toys that you know i had when i was a kid i saw my baseball trophy which kind of hurt not gonna lie i was like <laughs> wow okay <laughs> you could have asked me first but that's cool i really don't care about it and then i saw his canteen that he had when he was in the army he used to drink out of and i was and i went up to my father and i said why did you throw this away and he goes because it's old and nasty i don't want it what and i know and i told him like you're not throwing this away and he goes you can't drink out of it anymore and i said no fa i'm not gonna drink out of it i'm just you know this is this is a memory this is a part of your life you you use this canteen for a good significant part of your life so it's in my closet right now you know i can't you know but you know to my daddy he couldn't understand he was like i don't i don't understand that's i just used it to drink water from i don't see what the big deal is you know he is the exact opposite of a hoarder yeah it, yes if it no longer serves a purpose then he doesn't want it around him anymore it has to have its purpose um, and it doesn't matter if it's an heirloom. Um, if it's an heirloom, he's better about it. Um, he's not completely zero sentimental, you know, but he's definitely, um, he's not us. Let me put it that way. He's, uh, or my mom, my mom's, you know, as you know, my mom is exactly like us when it comes to sentimental, uh, things. Um, I know one thing that my dad he almost got beat for was he was he was trying to get rid of my baby stroller <laughs> and my mom about hung him where he stood uh, really yeah you know but that's just my father i think i remember that story yeah i had a nice dude i was living it up when i was a baby dude I saw, <laughs> the rolls royce of baby <laughs> strollers i <laughs> I'll have to show it. It's still in the basement. If you ever come back, I'll show it's it. Let's just put it this way. It made the other babies turn their heads to see who was driving that thing. Cause that was, it was European made, you know, it was a uh, high quality of uh, Danish design. Uh, it was gifted from my grandmother, uh, Denmark. And, um, it was so good that after I kind of outgrew it, um, they asked my mother if she could send it back because uh, my aunt or my dad's sister had just had a kid. And my mom, you know, told him, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> Which I'm sure to them, you know, why, why not? Oh, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, He's not they, using it. Yeah. But they all have, my entire family has my dad's mentality. Um, sometimes I really wonder if I'm related to him because I just... We're so mentally different. I take after my mom so much, but, um, you know, and it's not like my mom was being a jerk. They gave that to her. That stroller was a present. Right. I was going to say, if it's a gift, a gift's a gift. gift, Yeah. It wasn't like a baby stroller heirloom that we all, you know, that they all came to a family meeting and was like, okay, you know, when you pop out a baby, it'll go to you. You know, they bought it brand new for my mother. Um... And like I said, or in your own words, it was the Roy, I can't say it, but it was, it was the <laughs> Tesla of that era for baby strollers. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, 
I had a better... That stroller looked more comfortable than the bed I'm sleeping on right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and my dad was going to throw that away because he ain't, no one's using it, you know? And, you know, my my mom about... I, I almost lost a dad that day. So... <laughs> She would have went to jail, and you and you would have lost a father. That's both parents down. But I still would have had a baby stroller. <laughs> but you you still would have had a baby stroller that only your right thigh could fit into. <laughs> Not even, dude. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good one, though. I'll I'll try to send you a picture next time I'm there. Um, it was a really they my my uh, my family when I was a baby because I'm an only child. They. They, my grandma in uh, Denmark, she really spoiled me. She knitted me blanket, a special little blanket that I had, and she gave me that nice baby stroller. And Didn't you say that your grandfather, I don't want to say favors you. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, no, he does. I have no idea how else to say it. No, yeah. He's straight. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of tension between my family overseas because, uh. So my grandfather over there, let me put it this way. If you ever seen Mr. Bean, that's my grandfather, but instead of English, he's Danish. Um, he's, he's, he's the embodiment of Mr. Bean. Um, and when my dad was younger, my dad was always infatuated with the United States. Always loved the States. Um, he loved the English is that, language. Is that common there? Because I know most of Europe is... Um, Denmark. They don't like us. But yeah, is that how... we have a bad rep, but in Denmark, at least when I was there, I mean, you're not idolized. They're not going to be, you know, but they, you know, Americans are... But they're not going to call us swine at any chance they can. No, Danes are, uh-huh. they, they, they will treat you with respect and they're always interested to learn about it. Um, but my dad was, I mean, absolutely infatuated with the States. Always has been. And when he, and he finally told my dad, told his dad my grandfather he said you know i'm gonna move to the united states and my grandfather looked at him and said if you move to the united states uh don't ever talk to me again and i'm not paying for oh uh, my gosh like he he was he was he was he was like i'm you're to stay in denmark um but i'm not gonna force you but just know that i disapprove Fast forward, and now my grandfather is pretty much uh, walking around, acting as if his grandson is Clint Eastwood, um, living the America. He goes to everybody and goes, uh, "I'm I'm related to Americans. I'm related. I have Americans in my family." Um, does he really say he, that? He does all the time, and uh, I bear his name. I was named after him. Um, right. So not only now is he infatuated with the United States, but the American in his family has his name. So yeah, he uh, there's a there's a tad bit of favoritism <laughs> there. Um, but it was funny that 180 died. You know, my grandfather at first was just so disapproving of my father living in the United States, and now he couldn't be more proud and. Uh, his English is horrible. Um, I'm not even going to lie. Um, but he loves speaking it. Uh, and he's so friendly. It's so funny. My dad, my father and I, we drove to Chicago to pick him up. He was going to come and visit us. And it was just going to be him. 
and we're waiting in line, we're waiting in line, and we're and um, we see that his plane has landed, and the people in his plane are starting to all come out, and we're waiting, and we're like, where is this guy? We're starting to get worried, you know, because he's old, you don't know where he went to. Right. And like I said, he's the Mr. Bean of Denmark. He, you know, that's terrifying if that hasn't been made clear, because you don't know what's going on in his head. And uh, this random guy walks up, because my dad looks like my grandfather a lot. Especially, you know, as my dad ages, he really starts to favor him. And this random guy walks up to my dad. And he goes, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? And my dad goes, uh, sure, what's up, man? And he goes, are you Danish by chance? And my dad goes, yeah. He goes, and you're waiting for your father? And my dad goes, how'd you know? He goes, oh, I sat next to your dad. Let me tell you, I've never had so much fun in that flight in my entire life. You tell you tell your father that it was an absolute joy to, to talk with him. And uh, he's on his way. And he just walked out. My dad and I just started laughing because, you know, that's Is that grandpa. real? That's, Is that a true story? It's 100% on God, man. Uh, just he's a He talker. literally told him to thank, <laughs> to yeah. thank his father. Yeah, for being such a joy on the plane. What a nice guy. I, I want to meet people like that more. I know. I, uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's just the funny 180. It's the whole funny from absolutely not. I'm not. And, uh, his car got stolen a long time ago. Um, by who knows who he had a house in Sweden. In Denmark. Oh, in Sweden. Yeah. He had a house in Sweden and, uh, Malmö. I think it's pronounced, um, and um, his car got stolen. And to this day, he goes, he goes, Wednesday. Um, he goes, next time I I see that guy, I shoot him because I'm basically American now, so I can shoot oh people. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he goes, I shoot him. Oh my and, goodness! And he goes, and I tell people all the time, I know Americans. So that way they know not to upset me because if they do, then I can have them shot. <laughs> like, slow down there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, slow down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, one of these days, Grandpa, someone's going to, someone's going to, you know, call your bluff there. <laughs> someone, someone huge is going to go, show me the American. <laughs> and then he goes, him, and he points straight at you. And, and you're I'm going, holding an ice cream oh. cone, licking it innocently. <laughs> I'm just having the time of my life. <laughs> and he goes, can't you see the fear? Striking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's. <sighs> that's, that's quite dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I tell him to slow down. Um, you know. It is true, you know, I know how to shoot a gun. All Americans learned how to shoot a gun before they knew how to ride a bike. I mean, Amen. That's, that's the law. Amen, brother. But, <laughs> Especially ones from the South. You can't be from the South. I don't know. No. Uh-uh. I, I learned how to reload a gun before I learned table manners. I mean, that's just... Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's the life you live, you know, but... I'm, I don't. I don't leave the house. Without my fine piece of iron. Exactly. I don't. I'm sorry. It, it is what it a, is. It would be a cardinal sin. I would think less of you if you uh, left it behind. <laughs> but, um... Contrary to what the media says, <laughs> you can actually carry a weapon 
and not use it on innocent people. Yeah. Actually, here in Missouri, um, I don't know if it's changed, but you don't even have to have a license. It's kind of t- it's kind of terrifying. Is uh, Missouri a constitutional state? Is it really? Like a constitutional carry? Yeah, once, once you turn 18, you can own a gun. There's no questions. No questions constitutional asked. Constitutional carry. Oh my gosh, it is. Yep. yep. Missouri is a constitutional carry state. No permit is required to carry a firearm if you meet the requirements to possess one. Yep. Utah just became a constitutional carry uh, last year, May. Last year in May. It's exactly one year ago. It's, uh, yeah. That's because I, I originally bought, I originally bought my my gun for uh for home defense because um you know growing up in weird parts of south florida meeting the weird people that i meet i uh (laughs) you know i always told myself when i get older i'm gonna i'm gonna own a firearm uh, for protection and once it became a constitutional carry and seeing the way that the world is I don't know. I just don't trust it anymore. So you know, I'm now, now I'm now I'm packing, uh, pretty much always. So yeah, it's a nice gun you have too. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And and I'm gonna say this, uh, just to piss everybody off who uh, views it like this, but uh, it's it's not an American gun. There, I said it. Go ahead, kill me. It's a Beretta. It's a Beretta M9A3. Beautiful weapon. Fine Italian made. Uh, seriously? I saw I saw a review, because I did months of research. I didn't just buy a gun because it looked cool. I did months of research. And, um, and of course, your father. Your father owns um, a Torres, I think it's called. Something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I really liked the feel of it. And so the Beretta is essentially, you know, they have like the same look and feel. Uh, it's the open barrel, you know, whatnot. And uh, I did months of research, and I ended up the final two guns that I ended up with was the um, was the Beretta M9A3, and then it was uh, then then the other one was like a it was a Sig Sauer, which is also not American. It's German, but it was a Sig Sauer. Um, I I'm I'm trying to look at it right now on the internet. I don't remember the name of it. Anyway, it it was down to those two. I think it was the Sig Sauer P three sixty five XL. I think. And um, anyway, I narrowed it down to those two, and I just went with the Beretta. I just liked uh, I liked the open frame. I liked how dirt can get in it, and it'll still work well. There was a guy on YouTube who buried his. He buried his for a week. And he yanked it out of the dirt. And he shot. It shot. Like, he cleaned it. Like, nothing stopped it. And so, things like that I did. Anyway, I'm saying because with all the research that I did, I saw a review. 
And someone said that he would gladly trust his with his own life. That being said, and going along with what you said, saying that it's a nice gun, my rebuttal to you is I would genuinely trust that thing with my life. I really would. You know, Lord forbid. And as you know, recently, uh, and I haven't shared this on the podcast, but as you know, um, a certain someone, um, someone broke into the house I was staying in, and we got into a physical uh, altercation. And honestly, that whole time I was nervous because I knew, I didn't know if he, if that individual, it was a man, I didn't know if that individual had a weapon on him or anything like that, you know? And that's another reason why I told myself, I'm definitely just going to carry it on me now. Because that whole feeling and that whole fight that we had, I mean, we ended up on the floor, you know, and before I put him in the, uh, in the headlock that would evidently end the entire thing, I, um, before all that, it's so scary thinking, is this it? You know, like I have no protection on me. I have nothing on me. You know, there's nothing I can do. And this guy's twice my size and weight and weight. He's a thick man. But, you know, I, 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 it's scary. Anyway, I, I just, yeah, no, it's a beautiful gun, but, um, I do it because it's so, you know, you almost have to in this day and age. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, but I, I, humans have been killing humans since the moment we've gained consciousness, <laughs> you know, we just thought, I don't like him. I don't like the way he smells, you know, it's like, you just want to end his life, you know? But I don't know. But I, I just, yeah, no, I, it's a nice gun. I have it, and uh, it is a responsibility for sure. But no, I love it. I love it, and I months of research. But I, um, but yeah, no, I, I pretty much have been shooting. As you know, I'm not the best shot in the world. Um, at least with anything that's not a handgun with a handgun, I'm, I'm actually pretty accurate, scary accurate. Anything else. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hitting garbage, which I want that to change though. I've actually been looking into buying something a little more, um, intense. So I have my eyes on a, um, Winchester repeater. So but I don't know if I want to go through all that. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I kind of, you know, kind of got into that one. Um, yeah, no, no, guns are guns are are weird, interesting, especially the people who use them. I think they make it even more interesting. But yeah, but no, I um, I uh. I can't, hmm, how do I even, because I've been, I've been meaning to ask you this question, and, uh, eh, maybe it might be too personal on the podcast, I can't tell, but I'm just going to do it, if it's too personal, just tell me. How do you feel, uh, 
you know, you say that you used to live overseas in Denmark. Um, your family's from there and all that. Um, how do you feel about the idea of going back soon? Does does that scare you at all? Does that make you feel a certain way? Or and if, and if that's too personal, because I because I know that that's a touchy subject for you, emotionally, you know. Yeah. Uh, unless that's not accurate. If that's not if that's not accurate, then I'm sorry. I just uh, I don't I don't mind. I mean it it scares me. Uh, Denmark is where I really kind of learned I had mental issues. Um, I always laugh and say uh, I became depressed in the happiest country in the world. Um, Denmark used to have that title, um, but it's I think it's also one of the highest for antisuppressants, so, I mean, there's that. But, uh, I mean, I'm terrified. Um, I had a lot of highs and a lot of lows over there. Right. Um, but... I just feel I just feel more at home there. Um, I think I give off almost more I don't know everyone tells me that I radiate more European energy than I do American energy uh, when they're around me um, whatever that means. Uh, in fact my coworkers they always every time I bring up Denmark they're always like, well it makes sense you want to go back to where you're from. <laughs> And I always say, I'm from here. <laughs> I'm from the States. Um, and when I used to work at a, a retail store, uh, I, you know, my, the customers were, some, they, sometimes they'd inquire about my name because my name is uh, very uh, European. It is. It uh, is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would tell them where it's from. And they would go, oh, wow. Um, well, I just want to let you know that uh, your English is phenomenal. And I, you know, they're like, well, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope it is. Go, you know, they would always tell me, uh, I understand you perfectly. Like, I, I would almost think of, think of you as one of us. You know, and I'd kind of play off of it and go, wow, well, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> you know, um, when, but um, I just, I don't know. I, I love the Danish way of living. It's, um, Danes are unapologetically themselves. Kind of gets them into hot water a lot of the times. Um, but I like that. Um, and uh, it's just a simple life over there. It's, uh, okay, not always. I mean, I'm not going to generalize. There, you can be stressed out, especially in Copenhagen, but... You know, uh, people just seem to care more over there, especially their government. Um, I don't want to get into it, but I think no matter what side of the political scale you're on, I think as Americans we all agree that our government kind of does not come across as the most caring for its people. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but in Denmark, it... You know, I'm not saying the Danish government's perfect, but there's a, you know, I got paid to go to school. You know, I didn't and have... And the healthcare's free there, right? Yeah, the healthcare's free. I, I got a horrible, horrible ear infection one time in Denmark. I, I actually heard the world out of tune. 
everything was off key. Um, and I was so nervous to go to the doctor because my Danish isn't the greatest now, I guess. But back then, on my, you know, basically first year, uh, I, I was terrible. And understanding Danish, you know, was very hard for me, especially back then. Um, so, I, you know, if to, to talk formal doctor speech, I, I didn't know what to do. And I remember I walk into the hospital and I was so nervous and I just politely asked the lady, like, you know, I don't know what to do. This is my first time here. Um, and she just checked my, uh, they call it a Susiklings uh, court, which is like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it has all your information, like your social security and everything. And they just kind of scanned it and they were like, okay, you can go see the doctor. You know, it was, it was that easy, you know, and I walk in and the doctor sits down and and I told the doctor straight up, I said, my Danish is trash. I'm like, can you please speak English? And I was expecting to get reamed because how rude is it, right, to go into some other country and then ask them to speak your language. Right. Uh, but the doctor just, his face lit up and he goes, I've been wanting to practice my English for so long. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And he goes. And he speaks it perfectly. Oh yeah, he was like, "You're gonna have to forgive me of my mistakes, but I'm not, you know, I'm not privy to speaking uh, this wonderful language we call English on a day-to-day -day basis." You know, it's just, it was, it was really, it was terrifying. The stuff he told me, like, "Oh yeah, your ear, like, you know," he was like, "Your ear is decaying, like." as we speak and i was like oh man switch back to danish i don't want to understand this you know but, yeah, i um, dude i remember you telling me that like all that time ago and i remember I, wasn't it like your eardrum was about to like fall off or something uh, like that he, the way he described it was the flesh inside of my ear was coming off my I don't know if I want to call it my bone. I don't know if the ears, the ears don't really have that. But the card, all I know is it was bad. And I could tell it was bad because, again, I heard everything. Was it potentially, like, permanent? Or was yeah. it just, like... No, he told me, if we do not get you an antibiotics right now, you will lose hearing. Um, In both ears or just the one? Just the one that was bad. Just, it was, oh, my uh, It was my left ear. And it, the, it was seeping down into my throat, too. So I had a, I had a horrible sore throat. I was a mess. Um, but it was free. Uh, I had to pay for the medicine, but it was, like, I don't know, 20 bucks. Like, you know, like, obviously, they don't use dollars over there. They use uh, crowns. But, you know, it was such a, it was just, it wasn't, I didn't have to stress over it. You know, here in the United States, you go to the doctor and, you know, the doctor says, hey, how are you? And, you know, we always laugh and you hear ka-ching, like every word they speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just, you feel your bank account kind of quiver a little bit. Um, but, that, you know, over there, you know, it, it wasn't like that. And everyone there is so friendly. Um, the hardest part about learning Danish isn't the language. It's getting the Danes to speak Danish to you because the moment they learn that you're uh, American or that you are from any English-speaking country, they immediately switch over to English and are just so excited to speak English to you and, you know, show off their skills. I, I've, you know, I have friends in Denmark that I have to beg, like, please 
you're not doing me any favors by not speaking Danish to me. So, you know, but that's just kind of how it is over there. So I'm, I'm excited for that kindness. Um, they're very much a society of, you know, they'll take the shirt off their own back to help you out, you know, kind of people. But they are also very blunt. Um, Europeans can be blunt in general, but Danes are just, I would. Are you speaking from experience? Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I wasn't fat in Denmark, but you know, I'm American, so I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have the uh, the beef and cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> I had the cake. I had the cake, and uh, I've been told on a number of occasions that I was, you know, I was kind of fat, even though I really was. Like I was not fat. But, you know, through their perspective, you know, I had some, uh, yeah, some cheddar. Um, or if you say something that they disagree with, you know, in the United States, sometimes we might kind of beat around like, well, I understand what you're saying, but but usually in, Dane in, in you know, in Denmark, I was just flat out told, uh, no, I don't agree with that. Or <laughs> our favorite story. Or you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and they're not doing it to be mean. It's just in Denmark. They're just, like I said, unapologetically themselves. And our, our favorite story that <clears throat> we always laugh at, uh, I went to like a folk school uh, where we all lived together. And I became friends with this really nice girl. Um, she, she was very nice. But holy crap, was she not afraid to say her mind. And we got these wristbands like passed out to us. And um, I couldn't get mine on to save you know, my own life. Like it was horrible. And I, and I, I wasn't talking to her. I just verbally expressed my frustration with, I can't get these bands on. And she looks at me and with a dead, you know, tone goes, cause you have fat wrists. <laughs> I, was <just> like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I do. Huh? <laughs> And uh, I actually got drafted into the Danish military. Well, they were going to draft me. It's uh, you get like a note in the mail, you right. know, that says like, "Pray to God, because uh, we want you." Um, so I show up, and um, I'm around all these beefcakes. Like I'm like I'm around chiseled, you know, athletic men my age that are just ready to, you know. And I'm sitting here, you know, looking like a damn Oompa Loompa around them. And uh, I remember the drill sergeant. I don't know if he was a drill sergeant, I, but I'm just going to call it that. He, he walked up to me. I did the whole test, man. I stripped naked. Not naked, but I was naked for me. I was in my underwear in front of this dude. Like, I went through the whole shebang. I took, like, a IQ test or whatever. And I finally got to the last section of it. And the guy looked at me. He goes, you have an accent. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from the United States. And he goes, so you can't drive stick? <laughs> and I look at him and I go, no, sir. No, I, I can't drive stick. He goes, hmm. Well, learn. I need you to drive stick. And uh, you really need to lose some kilos. So after uh, oh you lose gosh. that. Yeah, he goes, after you lose that, uh, come back to me. And... Uh, I was so happy I uh, celebrated by going straight to McDonald's. I was like, I'm not losing these kilos, boy. <laughs> just, 
Uh, and I think now the viewers think I'm like some like horrendous, morbidly obese, <laughs> morbidly <person>. obese. <laughs> mound uh, of flesh. I, I know. I I was uh, I was like 215 pounds, and I'm 5'10". So if that just kind of gives you like an estimate of my weight. Um. So again, I'm not, you know. I'm not fit and I'm definitely could lose weight, but I, I wasn't like, you know, I didn't have like the triple stacker chin or anything, but <laughs> man, did they make me feel like it? <laughs> but I guess to answer your question, yeah, I'm, I'm scared pretty bad to go to Denmark. It's scary to go to a whole new country, but I've been there before. I've lived it before. The Danes there are great. i you know, I, I used to walk, I used to go on night walks, and in Denmark, you know, it's dark at night, everything shuts down, and I felt just safe. I, I didn't feel like I had to be on edge. Did uh, you ever experience anything creepy there? Um, no, not, I mean, not really. I have to ask you something. I know, I'm really trying to think if I've seen, you know, it's kind of hard. No ghosts, nothing? No, I mean, really, but I, I kind of stayed more in like the city areas. Um, Not even in that school that you were in? No, and you would think so, because that school was messed up. We had kids, you know, we, we, not really, but you know, Danes also don't really talk about ghosts. Um, they're, they're very, they're very practical people. So, you know, didn't like, you say, and I don't, and I don't know if I'm wrong, then I'm sorry. But didn't you tell me once, didn't you tell me once that, uh, that they will tell you, no, I don't believe in it, but somewhere in them, they really do, yeah. or they get really scared or they get, that's how it, it comes across sometimes. Like if you, you know, my friends, all my friends are like this, and my dad is like this. Um, of course, now my dad, you know, admits that he believes. But back in the day, um, my dad and, again, my friends I have over there, they would actually kind of joke and say, like, I can't believe you believe in ghosts. Like, I just can't believe. And I was like, all right, let's whip out a Ouija board right now. And then he's like, whoa, let's slow down. Let's, uh, hold on we don't do anything <laughs> drastic no. yeah and you know i'd be like i well, i thought that you know you don't believe in this and they were like i don't and i'm like so why don't we whip out this ouija board and i go oh because you know and they would try to you know backstep it you know and i'm, I'm not trying to say all danes are like that i don't like generalization but the ones i've met yeah they'll they'll tell me i don't believe in it and then you know you ask them to go somewhere semi-creepy and they are they are not there for it. Um, so it's 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 a funny mindset. My dad's like that a lot. My dad uh, my dad used to really get into my mom and be like, "There are no such things as as ghosts." And I really wish you would stop telling our son, you know, about them because he really doesn't need that in his life. And he's lived with my mom now for so long. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, there's ghosts. There's ghosts." <laughs> Well, so. especially in that house that that they live in, I yeah. don't care who you are, one thousand percent there's something there. 
even by this 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 wraps around perfectly. I told you this story, but I was talking to my Danish friend, uh, and she and I she actually listened to an ep- to your podcast, and we were talking about it and everything. Um, and she was like, "Yeah," she goes, "It's really nice. It's just I don't really believe in that stuff." So, um, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know you don't. That's fair." And then she goes, but what he said about your house is true. Because you had talked about my house in one of your episodes. She goes, yeah, there's something there. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, there's definitely something there. And I was like, I thought you said you don't believe in it. I don't. <laughs> but you just said there's something in my house. Oh, yeah. No, there's something in there. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's uh, such a weird thought process. I know. But no, seriously though, like all jokes aside, no, no, there's something there. I don't know if um, I, I, I don't, I don't remember if I even shared the story on the podcast. I can't remember. But I, um, there was this one time in particular. You left to work. You were working at Walgreens, and uh, which is the happiest place on earth, by the way. Definitely. <laughs> I was happy. To clock out every day. <laughs> you you were working at Walgreens, and the night before you told me, you said, "Hey, uh, you know, I I gotta work tomorrow, but I'll be uh, I'll be sure to to be back." I think you said like around like three or something, mm-hmm. three in the afternoon. And both your parents were gone, and I and I, I didn't know that either. So there was a point where I woke up. And you, you had the, um, um, what was the game? Uh, Skyrim VR. I think it was on like the PlayStation VR or something. I, I, I think it was, I, I don't remember, but I was playing, I was playing the VR and, uh, I didn't have headphones. I was using the headphones that, you know, that it has on its own. So my ears weren't covered or anything. And I was sitting in the guest room that you had. And I heard your garage door open. Not like the actual metal one, but the one that, you know, like a normal door, the handle, mm-hmm. whatnot. And I heard that door open, close. And I heard literal footsteps. And this is, and for those of you who are listening, like when I was, well, I guess when we, because uh, me and Wednesday would watch a lot of shows like this, but you know, like Ghost Adventures or The Haunted, you know, things like that. And you have these people sharing their stories and they say, yeah, and you could hear the footsteps. Somewhere in my mind as a, as a teenager or when I was young, my brain would just go, well, it's not literal footsteps, you know. But maybe it's something that sounds similar, you know, like not entirely it, but that's what you want to say it is. I don't know if that made sense, but you know, like, you know, I'm telling you what I heard (laughs) was genuine footsteps. Now I understand when people go, no, no, no. I heard someone walking. That's, I'm, I'm telling you, I thought it was Wednesday's father. When, dude, I thought I thought it was your father. I even stuck my I, I I ripped off the VR. I thought it was either you or your father. 
So I ripped off the VR. I put down the little nunchuck things. And I came out to the stairs. And I said, uh, um, and at first I thought, I thought it was you. So I was like, Wednesday, what's up, dude? And it was just silence. And then I, and then I went, um, Mr. Wednesday, is that you? You know, like I was calling out to your dad and nothing. And then I called out for your mom and nothing. And I went downstairs and there was legitly nothing. There were no doors left open. It wasn't anything creepy. We're like, all oh, the kitchen cabinets were. No. But I'm telling you, I heard the door open, close, like, gong, and full-blown walking. Like, boots. You know? Like, I, it just, there was so much weight, you know? It was, that was my first time I actually heard genuine walking. Like, it sounded like a real human being was walking right through that kitchen of yours. Yeah. It's, uh, I know I've, I can't remember if I said this on the one episode I was on. I don't remember, but, um, you know, I'd get texts from my mother saying like, Hey, I don't mind when you come over by the house. Um, but can you please just let me know? And I was confused and I wrote her and I would say, I was never by the house today. And then she goes, you weren't? And I would say no. And she goes, Oh, okay. That's weird. Um, because there, there were drawers open or there was a door that my mom had shut and it would just be wide open. Um, and she actually would be missing stuff. Um, and it freaked me out so much because this is over the course of several days um, that I kept getting these messages like, you haven't been by, you haven't been by that. I drove by and I got a ladder. And I opened up every attic. Uh, we have two uh, like attic entrances, one in the garage and one in the upstairs. Um, and I opened them both and I climbed up into the attic to see if like maybe there was an intruder or anything. Um, and there was there was nothing. Uh, we checked. I checked the basement. I I did a thorough sweep of the house to see if there was uh, something going on, and uh, there was nothing. Um, and still to this day, um, my mom will, you know, she doesn't text me anymore cause she just knows, um, cause I've made it very clear to her that, Hey, I promise you, if I'm going to stop by the house, I will let you know. And sometimes I'll, I'll come by and she'll still like tell me, yeah, there's still things that'll go missing or there's still doors that'll be open. Um, so if we had, you know, if there is a ghost in the house, um, He's really boring, has little to no personality, <laughs> and only once an occasion, I guess, really lets, likes to let himself be known. I'm kind of a guy where if you're going to haunt me, you know, I want to be haunted. <laughs> I want to like ride. That, like that dark thing that you yeah, spoke about I, the last time you were on the yeah, show. Yeah, my, my, sha my, uh, my shadow ghost that, you know, has, you know, even he's left me. <laughs> but, uh... He, uh, you know, that, as scary as it was at the time, like, hey, at least he gave me, like, my money's worth. You know what I mean? Um, that's what I want. I, I want, I want a ride. I want to, 
I want scruffed up hair and sweat and, you know, <laughs> to sit there and go, holy cow, you know, this footsteps here and there and a drawer open, you know, I, I kind of get frustrated. Like, come on, man. Like, if you're here, be here, you know. But, um, no, that house is, uh, not, did we have, did you ever, I can't remember if you ever told the story about, um, I think you did, actually. I think on one of your episodes you told the story about when my mom was using a Ouija board and then the door slammed on her and, like, the candles went out. Did you tell that story? You know, I don't remember. Why don't you go ahead and say it again? Well, the story's interesting because it involves me. Um, and I don't really remember it too much, but I was a little kid. And um, my mom was doing her kind of witchy stuff, and we call it the spirit room. Now it's called the prayer room because she's there's more like religious symbols in there. Um, but it's honestly interchangeably. Like if you said the spirit room, it, we know exactly what you mean. Um, but back then it was solely the spirit room, and my mom was doing a Ouija board session, and she had candles lit and everything. And as she, and nothing was happening on the board. She was waiting for an answer. And then all of a sudden, the candles that she had lit went off. And the door behind her slammed shut. And it really freaks my mom out, of course. Um, and to make matters worse, here comes me running out of bed. And I keep shouting. And again, I have like little to no memory of this, which is really interesting. But I, I run up to my mom and I say, did you see her? Did you see her? And my mom is real startled. She's real upset. She's mad that I'm out of bed because it was a school night. Um, and she's freaked out because the door just slammed and the candles went out. And she was like, you need to go back to bed. And I was like, did you see her? Did you see her? I, I, I think I said something like, I asked God to send me an angel. And... Um, an angel came and said she knew you she knew you um and i listed her name i name dropped her too and i can't even remember her name now but it was a family member that i've never met um but my mom and dad knew and she attended my dad's wedding not my dad's wedding my parents wedding <laughs> she attended my <laughs> he married himself <laughs> yeah uh, she attended my parents' wedding, and she gifted them these ribbons. And my mom was digging through the basement and picked up this large box of, like, old memories, and she was rummaging through. Um, this was earlier in that day. So, uh, and I'm shouting at her, I'm like, Mom, she came, she came. And my mom's like, go back to bed, go back to bed. Um, so I finally go back to bed, and I'm all excited. My mom said I was just, like, she, I, was, I was full of energy. Because I was so excited that I had, quote-unquote, contacted an angel. And my mom goes downstairs, and the ribbon that she had gifted my parents was sitting on the, the dining room table. And, um, I don't, I mean, that, I mean, of course you could probably sit here and go, well, it's a coincidence she was rummaging through her her uh, wedding stuff but I just think the timing and everything is just I don't know it's weird to me you're 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 um 
This is not the first time that you have... <laughs> this is not the first time that you have said something to your mom. Young you. <laughs> young Wednesday. That ha- <laughs> that you have said something to your mom that is uh, horrifying. And I, And I feel like when it comes to that realm, you know... I, I guess like spiritual ghosts, you know, things involving the other side, if you will. I feel like when I hear these stories like that and the other one, if you want to, if you want to tell it, um, I feel like when I hear stories like that, I can't help but think to myself, I wonder if there were enter- entities that used you to communicate with your mom. Does that make sense? You know? If, if you're thinking about a story, I think you're thinking about, um, that one definitely was. Um, because that, that, first of all, before you say it, um, I'm just going to just say what I have to say. If I went through what you're about to tell, I would have punched you in the mouth. <laughs> And I don't care about your age. (laughs) I would have punched you in the mouth. And I probably would have cut you from mouth to anus and wore you like a jacket. And, um, I, I, I'm not into Ripped my face off my ass cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) I would have freaked out, man. I, I, I'll let you share the, that story as well. It's it's a real short one, as you know. But my mom had a had a friend that was crazy. When I say crazy, I'm talking like I was at her house one time at night. <laughs> it was September 11th, and she, she literally closed all the blinds. It was pure sunlight outside, and she closed all the blinds to where it's pitch dark, and played nonstop uh, conspiracy theory videos on loop the whole day on our TV about 9-11 conspiracy theories and was telling me all about, you know, this, and I, you know, I was like 10 years old at the time. So this is the lady we're talking about, right? And she's crazy into like witch stuff. And my mom and I slept in the same bed, her guest bedroom. And my mom was just trying to relax. And I knocked out. I'm sleeping. And my mom says, I, I stopped like, I guess snoring. I, I was laying on my back and I just rise up from from my back and now I'm sitting down. I slowly turn at look to look at her and I say they're coming, and then I go right back to sleep. Like I just fall back on the pillow and I'm back asleep. I would have punched you so fast, man. I don't I don't know. She couldn't sleep that night. She was like, "Who's coming?" I, I would have oh man i don't know what i would have done i i really don't what do you what do you what do you say to that what do you say to that i don't know your I, child I know just full-blown sitting straight up from a deep sleep from a deep sleep stares right into your face and just with a monotone voice, they're coming. 
and that's it (laughs) it just goes back to sleep oh my goodness i don't know what i would have done there's, there's a lot I don't of cases know. like that. Even, you know, the story with you and me, uh, when, you know, we always say I became possessed. I, you, you know, I've never shared that story on, on the podcast. Never, I think that I that. do know that, for, that, that I never. through your point of view than mine. Okay. I'll share it. I'll share it. It actually still creeps me out to this day. Mainly because I was the one who had to witness it, unfortunately. Yeah, I was, I was like in the last story, I was out. Yeah, dude, you were, yeah, you were doing something, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Playing bingo with Satan or something, and uh, here I am having to take care of your possessed body. I, um... So, since Wednesday was my first kiss, he also also was, um, (laughs) you know, what I'm about to say really makes us sound like we had, like, a romantic thing going on. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. We, We used to talk on the phone at night. Less giggling cool and everything. <laughs> yeah, giggling and everything. <laughs> Seriously, straight up. We used to just sit on the phone and go, so what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no joke, we we would literally do that. Like, we would go, hey, so how are you? And, like, we would have to whisper. So it became even more, like, the sensual, you know? We would, so what's up? Yeah, I'm I'm good. You know, anyway, one night in particular, um, you know, we kind of just sat there and was like, you want to call? Yeah, sure, dude. And so, you know, we're talking. Hey, what's up? You know, we start sharing stories. I shared this. um, My brother-in-law told me a story. So this is kind of a story within a story. So just bear with me. He told me a story once that there's a bridge in Peru. I think I shared this part on the podcast once. But there was a bridge in Peru, apparently, where um, there's this, there's like this tale, uh, this like local legend, where uh, apparently there's a certain part near Lima, or maybe it is in Lima, I'm not sure. Where it gets really foggy a lot. You know, a lot of fog, a lot of mist. And he proceeded to tell me that there's this, uh, there's a legend where if you go onto this bridge during the fog, you'll hear um, whistling. Whistling. And uh, apparently if you, if someone whistles, it's supposed to be a man who goes around the bridge and he whistles. And he's like a ghost. And he's supposed to like whistle in your ear. And if you and if he whistles in your ear, then like you die or you're saved or something like that. But I was say I was saying uh I was told something happened to him and his wife, and then they both died uh near the bridge or something. Right? That's the story. 
and I was trying to tell Wednesday the story. I was I I started to tell him what I just told you. This is 2013. I think this is 2012 or 2013. Uh, which is, oh my gosh, 10 years ago. Wow. That's depressing. And uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to say the story. And I tell Wednesday, I go, yeah, you know, so there's this story. And then I stop. And I go, oh, actually, okay, so what happened was is there was a husband and there was a wife. And um, and and this is real. Like, I, I, I can't stress this enough. And I say, and, you know, the wife had passed away. And Wednesday on the phone goes, oh. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's really sad. And so she passed away and, and Wednesday again goes, oh, and I'm like, yep. Yeah, I know, man. But yeah, so, so she passed away and then I think he did. And then, and he, once again, he goes, oh, and, and it was a slight different tone. You know, it started, oh, like, you know, like high pitched, but like that third or fourth time it was like, oh. It had like a deeper base to it. And so I stopped and I'm like, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking, you know, as it, at this moment, I'm going, he's messing with like, is like, <laughs> you know, it's like a stupid joke. Right. <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, sad. And so, and I, I tried going back and he goes, oh, and I'm like, are you okay, man? And he, uh, it, it, it gives me chills. It's so creepy. He goes, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I have to, <laughs> I have to get into like the right mindset because I have to do it how he did it, how, how I heard it. Cause I can't stop it. Otherwise you, you won't get the full effect. He goes, <clears throat> oh, 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 and he just starts breathing like some monster. And I'm going, <laughs> at, this, at this point, I'm clutching the cell phone <laughs> to my face. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he's just like, I... I don't, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know. Like, oh, it was just this weird, like, breathing sound. It it was like angry panting. Angry, like, uh, uh, like, it was weird. And I freaked out. And I grew up in, a, in like, a religious family. And, you know, I, the mother that I grew up with, very spiritual like that, very, you know, if there's a dark entity, you know, you, you, you say in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, I command you to, to depart. And I did that, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and I'm panicking. So I'm, uh, I, I say it while the phone is still to my face. I say it out loud 
and like the drop of a dime it goes from <gasps> just like that just pure silence and i go hello and i hear him just go yeah and i think the i think the first thing i said was like what the heck was that <laughs> i was like what the heck was that dude and he's like what what and i'm like stop you know and he says no nah, what and uh, I don't know if I'm going to remember, right? If I do, then I need you to correct me. But Wednesday tells me, he's like, what, what? And I go, dude, you were like just freaking out on me. And he goes, no, no, I'm just sitting here. And I go, you don't, the breathing and the story. And he's like, you didn't say anything. I was waiting for you to share the story. He has no memory. no memory. No memory whatsoever. And to add to the creep factor, the room I was sleeping in was the spirit room. <clears throat> it was the spirit room that I was in. And I, and I remember um, I was so scared to be in there. I don't remember why I was in there. Maybe there was work in my like going on in my room. And I was terrified to be there, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to call you. So I could have someone to talk to. I was in the spirit room. And I remember like kind of silently praying to myself like, man, God, if something goes wrong, you know, because <laughs> that nowadays the room's not that creepy. In fact, the room it gives off a good light. But back then when, you know, my mother was full on witch mode, um, mm -hmm. that room was that room was pretty scary. And I was not happy to sleep in it. it, it yeah, I have no memory of that. My point of view is that story, like, starts in my head after I stopped freaking out and um, you were at, you were interrogating me on what happened. Like, to me, that's that's my only memory of it. I, I don't remember. I still else. can't. I still can't get over it. Like, there's moments where if I really, because, you know, like, there's, you know, I'm sure that you do the same. But there's moments where I, you know, I get really deep into the occult and then I don't. It's like, you know, it comes in waves. Mm. In those moments when I get really deep into it and I start hearing about, you know, ghosts and possessions and, you know, uh, communication with the afterlife and things like that. Some form or another, some way, somehow, I always revert to thinking about that night. Somehow. I just do. At least once. And it's it, it's still, still to this day, freaks me out so bad. Mainly because of how... Uh, mainly because of you. Because of how you sounded. And I'm not talking about during like the moment where you know uh, you hated Jesus Christ. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about the, I'm talking about as soon as that ended, because you went from you know because you started off at normal Wednesday tone, normal Wednesday, the Wednesday that I know, talking to you, sharing stories, talking about video games or whatever, to breathing. Like some monster 
And as soon as I got done saying that sentence, you know, I, you know, in Jesus Christ be gone, whatever. I just in the silence, I'm like, hello. I just hear you go, yeah, <laughs> just like that, just normal tone. The so you audacity. went from normal tone, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like you know you were breathing heavy, like, <sighs> yeah, no, no, because you know that because that doesn't make sense. Like, if anyone's listening, you know, ha- ha- like has anyone tried? To just sit there and like, you know, like breathe like that over and over and over. You kind of get lightheaded and it gets your heart rate going, you know, and you're breathing heavy. He was doing this, you know, and as soon as I say it, yeah, that's it. It's like he's back to normal. It's like he never did anything like that. It was so weird. It was so weird and creepy. Oh. You know, now that I think about it, most of my paranormal experiences happen while I'm in bed. That is odd. I wonder why that is. I don't know. But I, I'm thinking about it. The, that story, my shadow ghost, um, the uh, one with my mom, you know, I was in bed that talked to an angel, the, you know, they're coming. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that just means if I pass away, then I can come see you when you're in bed. Yeah, trust me, that's not a sight you want to see. <laughs> I'm an ugly sleeper. That's not true. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Like I'm, I'm drool, kind of like. <laughs> Dude, we we shared a hotel room once. I know, and we're like barn animals in there. Those were your words. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> Teresa snored. You snored, and I snored. like a pig in mud <laughs> we, we were filthy and just snoring <laughs> all three of us we just all yeah <laughs> i don't know if i can share this story i don't know i know you won't care um i don't know if this is like too on the political spectrum i don't mean anything by it i know you don't and it's not really scary but my favorite memory from that hotel was <laughs> When we were walking to the room, I don't remember when we were in the hall, we were walking to a room, and you were, like, on the side, and this guy, <laughs> this guy opened the door to step out. He saw you, and he immediately, he was a white guy, and he immediately shut the door, and you hear, like, five latches. <laughs> Just loudly click. Oh, I'll never forget that. Dude, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yes. You just heard. Yeah, like, I was. You heard the door was, shut, and then you're click, 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 click. It's, just, it, it's yeah. It really was that. Like he, which I don't think, I don't think I look menacing or anything. No, no. I don't. I don't think so. But yeah, no. <laughs> I was, and I was closest. I think right. Wasn't I closest yeah, no, you, to you? Were you were on the uh, right hand side? Well. 
I yeah, I was closest I to the door. We were going down the hallway, and mm-hmm. the door was on my was on my right, and I was the closest to the door. And yeah, he like pokes around. He had glasses on, I yeah. think, mm-hmm. and he poked around the door. <laughs> and like it just we like, <laughs> yeah, we like stared at each person. other for a second. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> stared at each other for a second, and he has no emotion on his face. It was just emotionless. And he just closes it. His body doesn't move. Like, like he, he, nothing about him moves. And the door just goes, gunk. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, that was weird. And before I can finish this sentence, I hear, chick, 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 chick. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, The best part is there were three of us and he singled out you. <laughs> I, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think he even saw the two of you. <laughs> he only saw me that day. <laughs> he just went <laughs> and just <laughs> closed the door. I didn't even know hotel rooms had that many locks. <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> I heard. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> I swear I heard like five clicks. Dude, like, I, like I even movie. heard I even heard that little chain <laughs> slide. <laughs> that little <laughs> you know like <laughs> where like it hits the door. <laughs> I like I, I, I heard him trying to trying to grab it. <laughs> but I guess scared. it was swinging. So he couldn't get it. <laughs> he couldn't grab it until <laughs> so you hear <laughs> I just sat there like Oh my. Like his hands were trembling <laughs> trying to grip it. We <laughs> like, like a bunch of jackasses. We just had we were holding like instant ramen noodles in our hands. <laughs> oh no, we looked like white trash. We had yeah. instant ramen, um, the off brand like the like the gummy worms where it just says worms on it. it says diarrhea. Or like fun worms. <laughs> yeah. Like it was as we were as white trash as possible and i don't think i even had like proper coke i think i had like sam's choice cola <laughs> or something and we just <laughs> we just stared at each other and we looked like filth just filth we but yet like i'm filth, i'm the one like yeah and i'm the one who gets singled out <laughs> Oh man, no, that oh was I forgot about that. Oh, I really I, did. I, I never will. Like I, I don't want to be that guy, but that almost felt pure racist. Like that was just like <laughs> chef's kiss. Like I don't know what it was, but it was just. I'll never forget it to the day I, I die. I can't believe I did. That's so sad. I wonder how many um, things I've forgotten. I, dude, I don't know how you forgot. I died. I. <laughs> And the third, you know, the girl we were with, she was so concerned. Like, that was so rude. And I, I was just... <laughs> oh, my gosh, it killed me. That that I needed that that day. Like, I hate to say it, but I needed that. That was amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> you know what? We're laughing. We're yeah. joking. We're having a good time. Yeah. I think I think this is a nice place to end it. We've been going for 
Oh wow, like, two and a half hours. Yeah, just wow, that's crazy. That's not bad. Also, it is pretty late for us. Yeah. This so, I uh, I um. I just want to say thank you for being a part of the show. You You didn't have to do this, but you did. Um, And uh, it means a lot, you know, just doing something different, more of a a celebratory episode, if you will, more like a special, you know. Yeah, it was fun. No, yeah, yeah, great. The beginning, uh, since I never really done this before, I didn't know how to really get the conversation going. But you know, we we did. It worked out in the end. Yeah. It worked out. But the beginning, we literally talked about weather. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's not the forties, <laughs> but you know, it, it 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 got us somewhere. So, thank you a lot for being a part of the show, it's and most importantly, uh, to the ones listening. Thank you for listening as long as you have. Um, if you would, uh, if you guys have any stories, anything that you would like to share, uh, please make sure to write at stories at midnight at yahoo.com. If you would like Wednesday on the show as well, uh, don't be afraid to ask. I've been trying to look for uh, constructive criticism and feedback on things, and uh, I've been trying to listen to requests as well. So um, we will work it out in our schedule. And I'll be sure to squeeze them in on the show. Um, also, like I said, in the future, maybe uh, we might do our own little thing where he'll be a, a permanent co-host uh, in like another segment type thing. Not entirely sure yet. But if you're okay with that, once again, stories at midnight at yahoo.com. And uh, I'll be sure to communicate as best I can. So thank you all so much. The sun is setting on this conversation. Uh, before we completely close it out, uh, Wednesday, if you have uh, any farewell comments, now is the time. Uh, I just want to say thank you for watching and thank you for those that have supported the podcast. It, I know it means a lot to Tuesday, but it means a lot to me too. And um, I hope... Uh, I hope wherever you are listening to this, uh, your day, if it's bad, it gets better. And if it's good, it gets greater. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Well, thank you all so much. Um, Wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, wherever that may be, I hope you have a great morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I hope you have a good night. Thank you so much. Song of the Week. Before I head out, I got to do a song of the week. And uh, you know what? We kind of um, we kind of touched down. We kind of uh, we kind of touched down on certain topics and things like that. And I feel like it'd be really appropriate. Oh, whoa. I feel like it'd be really appropriate if we uh let's go let's go enjoy but uh personally one of my favorites. I feel like a conversation like this uh really uh fits this song. Let's go listen to 
Song of the week will be Strawberry Swing by Coldplay. I'll say that one more time. Song of the week will be Strawberry Swing by Coldplay. Thank you so much for listening. I have been your host Tuesday. This has been Wednesday. And I hope you all have a great week and a good night. Thank you so much.